please listen to this portion of God's word. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. The word of the Lord. Going up. Don't encourage me. Uh, my name is Fred Atkins. I'm um, one of the elders here, and I want to welcome you. If you're coming here for the first time, welcome. If you're a uh, regular attendee, welcome. In fact, ah, you're all welcome. So um, I have a uh, beginning message, but uh, in the first service, I felt that uh, I was reminded as an altar boy of a prayer that we made when I was... Um, many, many years ago. And the prayer was, Lord, I am not worthy. Speak but the word, and my soul shall be healed. I think there's something about that in the sense of, Lord, you know that we are sinners saved by grace. And when your word is spoken to us, through your scripture, through your Holy Spirit, we are brought to new life and we are healed. To help us appreciate today's scripture, we will have three testimonies. Each one will describe their journey with us. And to begin, I'd like to invite Edwin to come on up. Yay, Edwin. Good morning, family. How you doing? My name is Edwin Ibizari. I've been uh, coming to church here for a long time, and uh, Fred asked me to share my testimony. And it's a privilege and an honor. Before I start, I just want to give God the glory for everything in my life that's good, because God is good. <clears throat> a lot of, amen. A lot of you guys know me, and you know me as uh, the guy with the two little girls. You know, I used to bring my daughters here every Sunday as a single father. And uh, I thought I was bringing my daughters to the Lord and to learn. And later on, I realized that God was using my daughters to bring me to church. Because when I would drop the girls off downstairs, I would come up here and Keith was the pastor at the time, and uh, his, uh, his lessons were very, very much felt. Today we're going to talk about renewal, being made new again. And, uh, you know, um, I'm a little nervous, but it's all good. You know, they say that when you're nervous, it's God shaking it out of you. So I'm going <laughs> to shake it out of me. Um, I'm from the Bronx. I come all the way from the Bronx here. A lot of people ask me, where do you go all the way down there for church? That's where I feel God wants me to serve. That's where I feel I need to be. Um, and I'm excited. I'm excited for Trinity because this is a new time. 
Um, I only have four minutes, so in the meantime, uh, as I come across some of these things that I put together, if you have any questions afterwards, feel free to ask. Um, today I'm going to touch on, uh, um, well, I said I used to bring my daughters here, and one time my daughter says, Daddy, do you know that God can't do everything? So I look at her, and I, and I look at her, she's so cute. I said, really? Oh, God can't. She says, yeah, God, God can't. You want me to tell you? I said, sure. She says, God can't lie. She says, God can't be bad. I'm like, where are you learning all this from? You know, sure enough, she was learning downstairs. So I learned from her that God can't do everything, but God is good. And he's not good some of the times. He's not good most of the times. He's good all the time. And thank God for that. You know, and through the process of coming to church, I realized that, you know, there was this little child within me that I never really addressed, you know, up to the time that I, uh, that I came here. And, and through the process of this refinement that we go through, I realized there was this scarred boy inside of me that was never really dealt with these uh, child, these child, uh, you know, childish. When I was young, you know, I went through a lot of abuse, you know, under my father. He was a very uh, strict man, very abusive, very controlling and uh, through the process, I realized that all the things that I have learned to get me to where I am, which was putting up my guards and making sure nobody took, you know, you know, got me as a sucker or that I had to, you know, be the tough guy. The same way I kept, the same way I kept these things that were going to hurt me away, I also kept God away. You know, um, I put up my guards and the same way I would put up my guards to not get hit is the same way I would put up my guards by not getting hugged. You know, by coming here every Sunday, you know, I felt the presence of God. I do feel the presence of God. I believe in God. And there was a transformation taking place, though I didn't know it. And what I realized is that the lowest points of my life, God had to put me in that position in order for me to understand and have a relationship with him because I had too many distractions. And up to that point, you know, I didn't really understand what God's grace was or what his love was until these things were taken away and I was left with nothing. To the point where I felt like life wasn't even worth living, you know. Um, and that's one of the things that I also know today is that when we think about the, the armor of God, the first thing they mention is the belt of truth. Because if you live in the truth, that's half the battle right there. If you know in your heart that God loves you, then a lot of these things that come at you that sometimes take us out, you know, make us feel less than, we realize it doesn't matter because God loves us. And he loves me and he loves you. And because I have a God that's a loving God, I have a chance today. Now, I just, before I go, I wanted to touch on two things because he only gave me four minutes. And I think I have I already went over. But uh, I'm going to take another minute or so. Um, and I'm going to talk about um, you can't fight evil with evil. And that's our instinct. Somebody smacks you, you want to smack them back. Somebody comes at you, does something to you to hurt you, you want to hurt them back. Here we learn that there's a bigger, there's a bigger picture. And we trust in God. You know, it's one of the things that I didn't have growing up. Having a father that wasn't so, so as, as loving as I thought, even though he was loving in his ways and I forgive him and I love him, you know, um, I know today that I have a loving God. And because I have a loving God, it's, you have to fight hate with love, which is why we pray for people, we pray for ourselves, we pray for others. We, we really have a spiritual battle before us. And uh, once you start understanding that it's a spiritual battle and you have the word of God, then there's a chance, and you're not by yourself, you know. Um, I got to say, this place here is really special to me because I've had many, many tragedies in my life, and every time I've turned to, to my family here, on one way or the other, they've always been there. You know, my hope is that, you know, you, in life, you're either a giver or a taker. You got to define who you are. You're a giver or a taker. 
And if you're a Christian and you come in here or, you know, you're not a Christian and you're, you're, you're a taker, that's fine. But you can't be a Christian and call yourself a Christian and continue to be a taker. And I'm not talking about just monetary. I'm talking about really loving from your heart and really being there for others. You know, so today, you know, I consider myself a, a child of God. You know, uh, I, I turn to, to God and sometimes you might hear me, you know, praising God and saying, Daddy. I'm in the middle of saying, Daddy, I love you, Daddy. Because today I have a daddy, you know. Um, and I could never have that intimate relationship, which is so important. You know, we're, we're about relationships here. We come from all walks of life. You know, economically, people from all walks of life. Nationally, we have people from all walks of life. But what's, what, may, what binds us together is the love of Christ. You know, and I'm glad that I'm glad that I'm part of this church. I'm glad that I'm come here before you. If you have any questions, my life is an open book. You know, four minutes is not enough time, but I'm glad that I, if there's anything that you could get out of this is that to God be the glory. Everything in our lives, you know, he's the beginning and he's the end and everything in the middle. So even the things that were meant for, to harm us, God turns it around and he actually, you actually glorify God in the midst of our pain or whatever it is that we're going through. So today I'm just thankful for the opportunity, Brad. Thank you. And I'll turn the mic over. God bless you guys and have a good day. Take my, I take my uh, life in my hands when I try to move a guy from the Bronx off this, you know. Those, those, those guys are tough, you know. Uh, but soft on the inside, transformed on the inside, a new identity on the inside. And the struggle is vulnerable and transparent. Um, and thank you, Edwin. Just thank you. Uh, Ephesians 4.17. With the Lord's authority, let me say this. Live no longer as the ungodly do. They are helplessly confused. Paul is speaking to the Ephesians and to you and I, challenging us with the Lord's authority to live differently than those who do not identify themselves as Christ followers. Confused can be seen as bewildered, perplexed, puzzled, mystified, disoriented, befuddled, just plain lost. They are confused. Life for them is like being dropped into a maze, a labyrinth, without a map, without GPS, without Google, without Alexa. Which way do I go? Their decisions are without godly clarity. And many times they will find themselves in the labyrinth's dead end and asking, how in the world did I end up here? But we have a God and a guide. John 16, 3. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. We are not confused if we follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit in living out our daily decisions. Ephesians 4, 18. Their closed minds are full of darkness and they are far away from the life of God because they have shut their minds and hardened their hearts against him. Just look around, and we see the darkness coming from minds that are closed to the word of God and hearts that are hardened. There is so little humility and confession and repentance and joy and hope 
around us. Just look at it. Scuba diving. If you ever want to experience physical darkness, go on a night dive and have your underwater light go out. You can't see your hand in front of your face and you don't know if an uninvited guest is coming to dinner. And you may be on the menu. <laughs> you will appreciate the testimonies today on how their minds were darkened like in the scuba to the reality of the goodness coming from Christ. Their hearts were hardened and self-justified to make the decisions that seemed at the time to be the solution or a quick fix. How easily each of us can be devoured by our enemy, our pride, and the desires that don't line up with the will of God. When your light goes out <laughs> in the depths of the ocean and your buddy's light is shining, you move quickly in that direction with a heart of relief. In the same way, we have the light that shines in the darkness of the world and gives us direction and purpose. In Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Run to the word of God with gratitude and hope and thanksgiving that you do not need to stay in the darkness of this world. And for the hardened heart, we read Psalm 139, 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart and test my thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Praise God that our hearts can remain soft in his presence. Ephesians 4, 19. They don't care anymore about what is right and wrong. And they, have been given, and they have given themselves over to immoral ways. Their lives are filled with kinds of impurity and greed. Testimony number two. Let's watch this testimony of the prodigal daughter, Precious. My grandparents went to my father when I was 15 years old. And they asked him to let them raise me. I'm not, I'm going to be honest with y'all, they're old. So I didn't want to go live with my grandparents. I was like, they old. But it was the best decision ever. My grandmother, from the first day I walked into our home, yes, I said our home because I remember that home. She told me, Precious, you're a star. You're special. Oprah's going to know your name. She said, you're a daughter of the Most High God. You're a princess. And, you know, I didn't really understand what she was talking about because I thought, like, if God did exist, then Jesus really existed. How could I have had the upbringing that I had? How could I even receive her love? And it took years for me to be able to receive her as she was. And she 
kept saying it to me every day, don't forget, don't forget. But you know, like any teenager, you go and, you know, you take what the world says, do what the world says to do. So I just, as my, I love my grandparents and I love that they took me in, but I wanted to stick with it. So I was the first college graduate of our family. I went to Spelman College on a full ride. I went to Georgetown University Law Center on a full ride. And I went to Rutgers School of Law in Newark on a full ride. And then, thank you. <laughs> I passed the bar on my first try in February 2007. And I started my first company in 2011, started my sister company in 2013. So I became a serial entrepreneur, successful New York based. New York City-based attorney and international professional speaker who, you know, has been in movies, been on a lot of shows, Wall Street Journal, Shark Tank, all of those things. I've done it all, you know, so, but I did it because I wanted, I thought, if my parents didn't love me, I'll make the world love me. Bad decision, yeah. Okay, so you had everything, I had everything. that the world said you needed. Yes to be successful, to be happy, and to really have it all. Yes. And yet everything, well, it didn't seem like enough, it even wasn't. when you had it. And then everything came crashing down. So what happened to cause that? There was just so much that I was battling that I just kept drinking and kept drinking and kept drinking that my life truly fell apart. I had no family to hold on to. I, did, I, I isolated from my friends. And I just really wanted to die. And yeah, it looked good from the outside, but let's be honest, I didn't even know who I was. Beyond accomplishments, I did not know who I was. And so on January 22nd, 2017, my 38th birthday, I tried to take my life. And if it wasn't for my cousin coming in at 4.43 in the morning, on my birthday, I wouldn't be here because I only had two minutes to live. So my cousin saved my life. So I, I would say that that's a little bit beyond coincidence. Yeah. You know, for your cousin to show up at your house at the exact moment before you would have died, I would say that was a divine appointment. And so God had something intended for you. You're in the hospital. You wake up in the hospital. How are you feeling at that point? I'm a little angry because I, I, I thought I would have succeeded. And it took me two weeks of being on the proper medication. I woke up after two weeks, and I was like, oh, my goodness. God is real, and I'm alive. Like, I got a second chance. And everything I fought for, everything I, I thought I wanted, everything that the world says that you need, I didn't need. Because it almost killed me. That success almost killed me because it had nothing to do with him. And God asked me to trust him. Would I trust him? And at that moment, after having lost it all, money, fame, the man, the friends, the Klingons, and all of that, I decided to trust God and walk by faith and not by sight. Because by sight, I had nothing. By faith, I had the world. And I had everything.
Wow. Grandparents. Precious, you are a star. Precious, you are a daughter of the Most High God. Darkened mind, a hardened heart, she couldn't hear it. Friends, if you have a heart for someone who is lost, someone who you pray for, don't give up. Keep on keeping on with prayers and intercession. Do not give up. Grandma spoke into the life of precious, and God's word ultimately prevailed. You hear the cry of precious, having endured untold suffering as a child at the hands of her parents. Her mind was closed and her heart was hardened. So she chased the world. Be big time. Full ride. I will make the world love me if my parents didn't. What vows have you taken in your life that are not along and aligned with God? What statements have you made? Not caring about right or wrong, battling herself and the world, no anchor, isolation. Wanted to die, I didn't know who I was. We're talking about identity. What do you mean you don't know who you are? You're this and this and this. Success, success, success. It's not my identity. Suicide attempt. We cannot fill that which only Christ can fill. She woke up angry, but I'm alive and God is real. God asked me to trust him. The world says that this is what defines you. This is what gives you identity. Money, fame, the man or the woman. People who cling to you when you are successful. But now by faith, she declares, I have the world. I have a new identity in Christ, and I trust in God. This part may be only for one or two people in the church. I don't know this next part. If you are here and are searching for the true meaning of life, and a life that gives a deep, heartfelt, mind-freeing life, then please consider the following. God in the person of Christ calls to everyone to enter into a relationship with him. You don't bring anything but yourself, your past, your background, whatever it may be, good, bad, or ugly, you are welcome. He wants you. You are the treasure. Tell him, Lord, I need you and for you to be in my life. He knows your heart and the struggles and welcomes you with open arms. He died for you and paid the price of anything you have done. Receive his forgiveness and the new life in him. If this is something that you want to learn more about Christ, come to one of the elders or to one of the prayer ministry or to one of our worship leaders, and you will be welcome. One John one nine says, "If we confess our sins, Jesus is faithful and just, and will forgive your sins. There is freedom in Christ." Ephesians four twenty. But that isn't what you were, that isn't what you were taught when you learned about Christ. 
Think of Paul making this statement. Think of Precious making that statement. Think of the two of them making this statement in Philippians 3, 8 to 9. Think of what we just heard, and now this is 2,000 years ago. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I have discarded everything, counting it all garbage, so that I may have Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own goodness or my own ability to obey God's law, but I trust Christ to save me. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Precious testimony reveals the truth of this scripture. Edwin's testimony reveals the truth of this scripture. Who is Christ? Peter declares in Matthew, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Thomas shouts out in utter amazement when he sees the resurrected Christ and the scars, my Lord and my God. Again, who do you say he is? If yes, praise God. If not, give consideration to the only one that can bring life to you. He is always waiting to be invited into your life and to give you a new identity. Ephesians 4, 21 to 23. Since you have heard all about him and learned the truth that is in Jesus, throw off your old evil nature and your former way of life, which is rotten through and through, full of lust and deception. Instead, there must be a spiritual renewal in your thoughts and attitudes. We will now listen to our third testimony, Mike Little. Jesus said in, in order to enter the kingdom, uh, we would have to change and become like little children. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for me will find it. You see, Jesus makes everything new. Uh, before my rebirth, I uh, had nowhere to take my suffering. And we all suffer. Everybody in this room suffers. The ones that have Christ and have come to Christ suffer. And the ones that don't suffer. Before I came to Christ, I had nowhere to take my suffering. I just suffered. I was always left with a void. I put my faith in things like government, money, success, fame, all these things the human depravity brings on. Fifty years of chasing around, being unhappy. Christ brought me to this church five years ago, literally escorted me to this church 
and saved me. I had success. I worked on Wall Street, made a lot of money. As a professional comedian, worked all around the country for television, all sorts of stuff. Made a lot of money. Had everything. Had a black belt, two black belts. Had everything you could ask for. And precious resonates with me because it's such a profound thing because you think you can try to do it on your own. I had all the armor on. I was my own king. I was trying to do it on my own. Christ had another plan. He stripped me of everything. He took everything away. I lost all everything, had no money. To the point where I reached the point where I couldn't even put food on the table. And I had to rob groceries in order to feed my kids. I was brought here by the grace of God. I came to the front one Sunday and a woman prayed for me. And I was reborn. Christ brought me to my own crucifixion. And he's the only one that could do it. Because he knew that's the only way I'd see him. Everything is new. In The Passion of the Christ, the movie, I see the scene where Christ falls with the cross. And his mother's sitting there. And he looks at her and he says, I make everything new. That resonates with me. You see, in coming to Christ, I saw all the hurt that I put on people throughout my entire life. All the things I did to people that I thought were normal, but I hurt them. I saw the whole picture. Everything's new. I look back at my mother laying on her deathbed when I was 15 years old. And I brought to the hospital last minute. And she's there and hands me a Bible. says, everything is in this Bible that you'll ever need to see. And I sat there thinking, what? How can she leave? How could she possibly leave her kids? How should she feel? How could she feel? She had Christ. Now I see it. Everything's new. I see people suffering that are hungry, that are homeless, that have nothing like I had. I see it. Everything's new. I see my father, who used to punish me by pulling my pants down and beating me with a board on my rear end till it bled. Yet I see my father, who was abused himself, who never was given the tools, or never came to Christ, but never was given the tools to, to know. And I can love him and see the good. 
I can see the good in him. Everything's new. I, swear, I had the chance to be a, a custodian here at Trinity. I'm thinking, me? Working on Wall Street? I'm a custodian? Immediately not knowing or thinking. I had the opportunity to see a homeless man one night. I went outside. He's trying to get water out of the spigot. And I went up to him. I said, you can't get water there. We've got to turn it on from the inside out. Inside. I said, can I get you some cold water? He handed me his cup. I went inside downstairs. Big ice. Threw his cup away because it was dirty. I gave brand new ice water. Came out. Gave it to him. He sat on the ledge outside. He had a little hat. said Vietnam. I served in Vietnam. I started talking to him. He drank his water. His eyes were glistening. And I'm look, looking at him. Just, I said, what am I doing? I went downstairs. There was a bunch of food left over from a big meal they had here. The lasagna, hot dogs, all sorts of stuff I put on a tray. I went out and served him, thinking I'm serving him. And he's telling me about his life, how he's been homeless for five years, and how grateful I could see how grateful he was to be eating. <laughs> and he was teaching me. He walked away, and I was crying watching him walk away. Christ gave me gold. I was washing his feet. No, he washed my feet. Christ was showing me everything's new. You see, I have a chance. I have a second chance. I have a wife, a daughter, a son. God gave me a chance to see the love, the joy, to be a father. I'm so grateful to be a father and have the chance to do it because I didn't see it before. It was all about me. Everything's new. I see God, Jesus wants me to show my wife, my children, the light. Show them the light. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on only on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me. Amen. You see how God has given each of us a new identity? A new lease on life? I got the tissues for him. I need them. Not easy at times, but so rewarding. So life-giving, even in the most difficult of times. We have choices to make, you and I. And each choice either points us towards Christ or away from him. Let us be bold in obedience. Ephesians 4.24. You must display a new nature because you are a new person created in God's likeness, righteous and holy. How do we do this? 
What power or presence has Christ given us to accomplish the impossible task of being like Jesus himself? John 14, 26. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and make you remember all that I've told you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome and deeply sought. In this family of believers, we know you reside in us and may we not quench your spirit, but embrace the teachings and to remember all that we know about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you want to know how well you and I are doing in the sense of how the Spirit is controlling us, and I know that I struggle with this. This is where my confessions come out so quickly. Because Galatians 5, 22 and 23 gives us a diagnostic tool about the shutdown mind and the hardened heart. And it says, but when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in you and me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How much of that do we see in this world? And you wonder why the church is called the light of the world. Think about what the Holy Spirit does in you and in me when we yield. Recap. Three testimonies reveal the truth of Scripture. So no longer to live as the ungodly. We have a choice between confidence or clarity, darkness or light, closed mind or listening to, the, to God's Spirit, hardened heart or a contrite heart. Lies, deceit, or truth. We are to live in love as God's daughters and sons. If there is a darkness settling over you in any manner, turn away from it. And embrace the mercy and grace of Christ. Whatever is not of God in you and me, and you find yourself in deep struggle, and we all struggle, then confess. Repent. Receive his forgiveness and seek fellowship in the body of Christ so that the church can be built up and you can be built up. Claim your newness, your true identity in Jesus. Application for this week. Seek the Lord in regards to any darkening of your mind or my mind. Any lies that you may be believing or that I may believe. Any hardening of your heart to family or friends, neighbor or someone who comes to mind. First, bring it to the cross. And also, discuss these questions with a friend who knows and loves you and to help point out any blind spots or unconfessed sin. Listen, meditate, and then repent and confess and ask for the free-flowing forgiveness of Christ. Step out in boldness of knowing and becoming like our ultimate identity to be Christ-like.
before we go to communion, just for a moment. Bring whatever you need to, to the cross. Any hardening of your heart. Any dullness of your mind. Any, any of that that you know that doesn't line up with the character and, and, and the love that Christ has given us. Bring it to the cross. Confess it. Repent it. And I would also encourage you that after that particular application, go to the tomb. It's empty. The tomb is empty and there is a resurrection in Christ and a resurrection in our identity in Christ. We are made new. We go to the cross and we weep and confess and step out in boldness. For we follow the resurrected Christ and he will be coming back again. Communion. We welcome all. Here we go. They have a couple lines there for me. I brought out something. Everyone who call, and this is, this is important, for there's some people here don't call Christ Lord and Savior, but you're more than welcome. Everyone who calls Jesus Lord is invited to participate in communion. If you are not ready, we invite you to participate in prayer, song, and reflection. We have two uh, places here in the front and two places in the back. After you put everything at the cross and realize that you're forgiven, Walkness in the newness of your identity in the resurrected Christ.